Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think it's important to take time to just think about the person that you want to be. Um, and instead of like saying that you aspire to be that person, just say that you can already become that person. Like you can be that person now. Hey everyone, you're listening to Human to Human, the show that connects truths and bridges the gaps between our human experiences, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I'm so glad you're here. This episode's special guest is writer, digital strategist, and one of my favorite tweeters, Mikkel Clark. Mikkel and I talk human to human about talking nice to yourself. We forget to talk about how important that is, right? We talk about being kind to other people and making sure that we're being respectful to other people. But if we're not giving that to ourselves, we're never going to know how to give it to each other. You'll hear a lot about that in this conversation. Before each episode, I give a few recommendations inspired by the conversation you're about to hear. I share songs to add to your playlist, a book to check out, and a reflection question inspired by the episode. So let's get into it. This episode's song to put on repeat is 100 Degrees by Toby Lou. This week's read is Keep It 100 by today's guest. And after you listen, I want you to write down one affirmation and commit to looking at it, repeating it, and believing it for the next seven days. Don't worry, we're doing it together. As always, share your thoughts in the comments or at humanhumanseries.com. Now, let's get into my conversation with Mikkel. I don't know how long I've been following you. Maybe it's only been two years, maybe a little less, maybe a year only. But I just feel like the pandemic feels like it's been three years. So that's why I was like, maybe it's been two years. I don't know. But I think somebody sent me your profile in 2020 and it's a healing profile. So I I know exactly why they sent it. And that made me very excited to um, just talk with you today. So excited for you to be on the show. That means a lot. And thanks for having me, Stacey. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I um, I love so much of your story, but I'd also love for you to give me, you know, give my audience a little bit more from your perspective, because I think I know you've had to tell the story several times, but I just love hearing your your trial to tribulation trial to triumph story, right? That moment where something really negative happens and you find out that it's actually for the better. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's a beautiful place to start. So can you tell me a little bit about your schooling experience? And I think it'll lead us into this conversation. Yeah, sure thing. I, I, at this point, I would call it like a, a trial to triumph cycle, I feel like. <laughs> There's so many peaks and valleys, you know? So real, that's so real. <laughs> But um, my my trial, the triumph experience with schooling, um, went to a military academy for four years, learned a lot, um, became a better leader, like got confident, crossed Kappa, made a lot of like lifelong friends, mm-hmm. all the things, um, happened to get expelled from the academy literally a month before my class graduated. So when um, when my classmates were like posting pictures, tagging themselves, Uh, after commissioning into the army, um, I was on my way to UVA for summer classes, trying to figure things out. Um, I ended up graduating in five and a half years um, (laughs) and had a lot of healing to do, a lot of just learning about myself to do throughout that process. Um, It's definitely been ongoing, but eventually did finish and I think that the West Point experience, um, that trial is what first made me understand like the power of positive self-talk, right? Yeah. Like 
it was kind of the beginning of like why I kind of eventually grew into like writing affirmations for myself and others. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest part that you've recognized in the self-love journey? Because it's a commitment. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we, it's, it's marketed to us like it's just a thing, but mm-hmm. it's a thing and it's mm-hmm. a commitment and it's a journey. And what in your perspective and experience has been something maybe that's even surprised you about it? I think um, there is this kind of like oversimplistic narrative of self-love that we see online where it's like, do you do what makes you feel good? Like pursue (laughs) happiness. Like if it seems fun, do it, which is good. And I I love spontaneity. Um, I love making space for adventures, but I think the hard part and and under-discussed part of self-love to me is like, there are things you like have to do or should be doing every day yeah. that are either boring or can feel repetitive or are just a challenge to keep up with. Sure. Um, so like for me in this period that I'm in right now, I've had chronic neck and back pain for like a year. Mm-hmm. And for me to feel my best, I have to get up at a certain time and literally Stacey, I have to stretch for like 45 minutes. Yeah. I don't feel like doing that a lot. Yeah. And it's like, there are some days where I do all the things, I do my my rehab workouts and I still feel pain like midday. And it's like, dang, I get up the next day, like I'm tired. I, I was still in pain yesterday. Why am I even doing this? I just want to stop. But I, I think it's that's just one example of me needing to do the things that are best for me, even though they're not going to like change everything, even though they're not going to always feel good or even like worthwhile, you know, to me on an emotional level. But at the end of the day, like, I love myself. I'm trying to be, you know, back in top tier shape. I want to feel my best. So I have to give myself those things. Yeah. Um, that extends through like meditation, um, therapy, and um, even just like knowing that I feel fulfilled um, by my, my weekly writing practice. I, I spend like two to three hours writing um, every weekend. So I want to be the best writer that I can be. It's just remembering like the important things of that process that will allow me to just show up as myself. Yeah, I definitely want to echo that. I've had sciatica for a while. You and I have talked about that a little bit and it can be painful, you know, to recognize what it takes to actually not cure it, but to heal it, to mend it, to making sure that I'm um, not just managing, but also at my best. And there are so many things that go into that, that for a lo- you know a long time I wanted to ignore. Um, I have ignored. I've, I still, I can have two straight weeks of bliss and be totally in my meditations every day and totally in my routine. And then one week I'm like, no, nah, forget it. And I'm like, and that to me is so frustrating in the self-love journey. Cause you, I've always thought, okay, once it's mastered, it'll be done. Mm-hmm. Now that we know in adulting, that is not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've mastered getting out of bed and turning off my alarm clock at 6.30 in the morning, but do I do that shit? Hell no. <laughs> Maybe like twice a week at this point. You know, so it's just, it's it's frustrating. I would say that's the thing that surprised me the most about the journey. Once I started really committing to it, I recognized that the commitment was daily. And then I went back to dying daily in the Bible and I was like, it actually meant something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I, I'd love to ask, what 
is your hierarchy of your titles. You are a writer, you're a strategist, you're a new father, you're a husband, you're a black man, you're a human being. There's so many parts of us, right? And I'd love to know what are those things? What's that priority for you? And it can change uh, daily, but. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm all titled out. I feel like, mm. <laughs> like I work, I work in digital media, of course. So I am a digital strategist. I have this audience, which I'm also like thankful for, sure. but some days I'm like not even sure of how to manage it all in a way that's like empathetic and business-like. Um, so, I mean, I mean, first and foremost, I'd say I'm a, I'm a human. Um, I'm a husband. Um, I'm a father. And like those, those three things to me are like the most important. Like, I'm a digital strategist. Um, I'm, I'm passionate about that. Um, I'm, I'm a writer. I would say I'm a creative entrepreneur as well. But all those things are like secondary. Like those are those are tools. Those are ways that I can like serve the world. Those are ways that I can like take care of the family that we're like starting to build. But you know, those things can kind of all shift here and there. And um, I've never really. I've never really found myself like comfortably fitting into like one professional box or title. So I'm just like, yo, I'm Mikael, like, sure, what do you sure, want? Right? <laughs> sure. So to your point, because I think a lot of us who are creative entrepreneurs who share a lot of those passions that you share also don't feel comfortable being in a box or being in a title Mm -hmm. while the world is very comfortable making sure that we find a title and a box. So how do you deal with that in between, right? Because we have to walk outside and talk to people and introduce ourselves in a certain way and get certain mm -hmm. jobs and work with certain companies. But in our hearts and souls, there might be a different way we see ourselves. I completely relate to how you just described that. And so I'm, I wonder how you, yeah, play that field. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, for me, it's about like understanding the person, like kind of having empathy for them. Mm -hmm. um, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. I'm like, you know, if I'm talking about like professional conversations, um, ones that might lead to jobs or clients or opportunities like I don't know how to kind of like uh, paint the right picture and highlight the right part of what I do mm -hmm. and what I know mm -hmm. um, you know I think it's it's like equal parts kind of like art and science like being able to be yourself and then like having a feel for like the right terms and the right types of experience they'd want to hear about you know um, but yeah, like that, and then just like it no. sounds a little exhausting. <laughs> it, it is, it is. Um, <laughs> to it be is. honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely exhausting sometimes, but at the same yeah. time, it's like I, the fact that we're talking right now. Um, mm -hmm. We we connected through social media, right? Um, right. I've been able to just see so many opportunities kind of come to fruition. Sure. Met so many cool people, and yeah. seen so many cool things happen in my life, like. I met my wife through a DM, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you guys' story. I mean, I don't know what parts you want to share with us, but it's it's a beautiful one. I'm a fairly open book. Um, but yeah, you know, again, just to, just to your point, like, yes, it is absolutely exhausting some days. Um, but also, like, I can, 
I, I've done the work so I can set my boundaries up to where it's like, mm. Stacey, if I didn't want to talk with you, I'd be like, oh, I can't. I got to, you know, A, B, and C. Sure. Um, reminding myself that like the, the the boundaries are up to me. Like I can, I can control not all of, but a good chunk of how I like absorb any of the negative parts of this whole digital thing. Yeah. What was your relationship with your boundaries in 2020 or even right now? Relationship with my boundaries in 2020 and right now. Man. Um, first and foremost, I think I'm in an interesting space in that with the agency that we launched last summer, um, and the Creative Summer Company, um, like we're, thank God, like doing really good for ourselves, right? So I'm not in a space where like I need client work. Um, like we already have like plenty of client work, both schedule wise and income wise. Sure. So I, I'm even less inclined to, you know, kind of like, as they say, like put myself out there when it comes to seeking work. Cause like some people will approach me and like, just be like, hey, I see you run an agency. What do you do? And it's like, <laughs> okay, like I'm 31 years old. Um, right. I've been doing this in some way for like 10 years. Right, right. I appreciate, you know, you wanting to reach out, but I got a whole website for that. Um, I also, frankly, don't have to sell you on what I do. Sure, sure. Um, it's, it's, it's been documented and it's been established. Um, so like professionally, just understanding that I don't have to like, just because somebody is like approaching me, um, expecting me to sell myself, like I don't have to do that. Mm. I'm probably tired and finishing up my day and trying to be kind to myself, mm. trying to make time to show up for what my wife needs or my family needs. Um, you know, like just understanding, like you're talking about hierarchy, like it's family first. It's, you know, taking care of myself, making sure I can show up tomorrow, um, making sure I can, I can handle what's already on my plate. And then we can talk about this, you know, new thing that you say is going to change my life or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you're giving me about, you know, um, so that's a, that's a big right. thing. Yeah. And, um, then like on the personal side too. Uh, my wife and I talk about this a lot, how, again, love, love social media, um, love that people like authentically support us. Yeah. But we're also not like your romantic role models. Like mm. we're not just like step by step book on how to live life. Like I make mistakes at least five times a day. Um, I might tell you about one, might be embarrassed about the other three or four, right. you know, right. um, but you know, also just like in this phase of us having our firstborn daughter um, coming into this world in September. Um, so many people- Congratulations, by the way. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, a lot of people are, you know, very excited for us and, you know, they, they want to ask like all the questions. And sometimes it's just like, yeah, I was just trying to catch up. Like, this doesn't have to be like TMZ. Uh, <laughs> we can just talk. We can talk about you too. You know, we can, <laughs> we can have a conversation. Right, you know, right. I, I don't like being put on a pedestal per se. Like sure. I appreciate, I, I appreciate the people, um, you know, respect the way that I live life and express myself, and I've accomplished certain things. But I'm not a guru. I'm not the end all be all. You know what I'm saying? So, Do you think it's an automatic part of? 
achieving any type of success because it's very clear in my opinion of what I've seen from you that you are representing yourself extremely human by showing so much of your vulnerability by showing so much of, I mean not that you tweet everything that's embarrassing or something that's happened but I could just see and read he's being a person mm-hmm. and honestly I think being a person gets very praised right now because people just aren't being people right now and there's mm-hmm. a whole other conversation for that I'm sure we can yeah. weave it but regardless do you think that's a part of like, is it automatic? I mean, part of why I started this podcast, Human to Human, was to have all vast, a vast amount of people on here sharing the same experiences, knowing that it doesn't matter how popular, how rich, how known, all those things, that we all deal with a lot the same things because we all really read. We all have to go to the bathroom. We all got to brush our teeth in the morning. We all have the same experiences. So it's interesting that whether you show true vulnerability, true realness, true humanity, we're still looking to praise something. And a part of me thinks about how we're just, we're so unwilling to praise ourselves in that situation. We're so unwilling to just look within, to feel like we're enough. We don't have to look at Mikkel as our new person who's giving us all the affirmations. He's only doing that to show you how to do it for yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm doing it's, it. It's, I have anxiety and I'd be stressed out before yeah, I same. get more. And so I have to like, you know, write it and then I might share it with with, with y'all. Um, but yeah, to your point, um, so I just finally watched The Social Dilemma for the first time. Oh have you gosh, seen it? I have. Okay. Let's um, get into it. So, <laughs> you know, to, to, to give your audience like a Cliff Notes version that talks about the many insane ways that social media can like modify people's behavior. Yeah. And um, to, to your point about like just you know, elevating people in certain ways. I think that's like part of the effects of social media is that people see like the the audience size and the, the virality and all that stuff and think that like, oh, well, you know, I have to look up to this person in this way and talk to this person in this way. And from my vantage point, sometimes it's like, by the time we do all that, there's no more space for a conversation because mm. we, we don't even feel comfortable enough to like talk to each other, mm. you know? Um, like the art of conversation kind of became, it it got lost in a lot of ways. But one of the ways is that like, now it's just like, okay, I can, I can see so much of like what you do, for example, that I could very easily come to you and say like, Hey, I see you do this. Um, I do this. We have synchronicity. Let's collab. Let's do this. Let's do an interview. Okay. And like, there was no, there was no humanity in that to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Um, There was no chance for us to connect. And it's not even right for me to blame one person or the other in the interaction, because like, we're all dealing with things that we're just not meant to deal with at this stage. Like social media is insane and how many people you can like interact with. And I use that term loosely in the day. Um, but it definitely, it definitely like diminishes like the authenticity of so many connections. Yeah. It's scary because with stories, I, I've caught myself feeling like I'm watching television and it's like mm-hmm. 60 different characters. And I'm like, I don't know these people's, like, I don't know them. They're characters to me while recognizing these are people you follow. These are people you you know, for an extent, it's just, it's a weird thing to to start replacing them as characters from mm-hmm. being human beings and from being yeah. real. And that's exactly when I started recognizing like four stories a day, 
Probably the same people. I don't really even need to be on here. Like it's, I'm very a post and go person. I really, I enjoy social in the same way, but I think I, it's just a, it can be a very painful place. And it can Mm -hmm. be a place that, especially for me, I was going through a very deep process of self-trust, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what does this really mean? And I'd love to know for you, because you have talked about self-trust a lot too in your journey. And I think they're very, it's very linked to self-love. But I also, when I asked in the beginning, what's something that you felt was hard about that? I think for me, that's something I found was difficult that it's not easy to love yourself if you don't trust yourself. (laughs) You have to start Mm -hmm. with trusting yourself. You have to start with knowing. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That whether people agree with you or not, whether people understand everything you do or not, whether people praise you or not, that mm-hmm. what you think still matters. And so how has that shown up for you in your work and even personally? Maybe Man, especially so. personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to be clear, like, I think the big, the big question is like how self-trust or like maybe even like the lack thereof has shown up for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think when it comes to self-trust, um, I have had a very interesting relationship with shame. Um, and it, like for a long time, it, it really paralyzed me to the point that I would spend so much of my time thinking about the shame that I carry about things that happened in the past mm-hmm. that I wouldn't even give myself a chance to like make things better in the present or for the future. Right. Um, so I think when, when I think about self-trust, um, I think about what it looks like to feed less into the shame of the past and the, like to, to trust myself that I can and will do better um, in the present and in the future. You know, um, like that to me is is a big part of self-trust, like understanding that nobody, that, like there's not a single perfect person in the world, like even Beyonce, like messed up something somewhere at some point for somebody, you know, um, but I think like giving yourself a chance to focus on the things you can control and like to, to trust yourself to like do the, the big and the little things. You know, um, like I think about this podcast, I would imagine that we both had to like do some very simple things, but do them over and over again. Um, We had to get comfortable in some kind of way talking on camera and, um, you know, being able to express our ideas on the fly um, to the point that we we built trust by doing the little things, you know, instead of like, you know, maybe you try it once, you, you feel shame, you're like, damn, I felt awkward. I felt weird. Right. Um, it would actually be better to to give yourself a chance to to build that trust with yourself mm-hmm. um, and to not hold on to the shame because um, like the shame can paralyze you. Whereas when you trust yourself, you can like you can find the the strength and the courage to to push forward in like big and little ways. You know, it's really, first of all, thank you for sharing that. And it's it's really unfortunate that shame is something that we all experience. And it's the one thing that hold, holds all of us back at the same time. It's, we all experience it yet, because, which means shame is doing like the best job ever because they shame feels like it's winning. As mm-hmm. soon as you start 
expressing what's going on, as soon as you start giving it a voice, shame doesn't have a place. As soon as you just say whatever that is, that thing is that, again, a lot of us experience, Mm -hmm. it, it, it really, um, it gets to me. It gets to me because it's the, one of the biggest things as humanity that we, we could get rid of together. Right. Mm -hmm. But then we'd all have to like do it together. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's frustrating, but with that said, what is the last thing you forgave yourself for, for the first time? The last thing I forgave myself for, for the first time. That's a really interesting question. Um, hmm. I don't know if it was the first time, mm-hmm. um, but it felt like an important time. Um, I was kind of like thinking through just like general insecurity um, about life, like about being good enough, like all the things, right? Um, and I just kind of like had a like moment to myself where I just kind of acknowledged that I didn't have to to feel bad about being insecure so much yeah. as like be kind to myself about being insecure. Sure. And like, you know, like it's it's almost like I had to think about myself as like being a different person. Like if your friend is nervous, you're not gonna be like, oh, you nervous, quit being nervous, you sure. little um you you actually just want to like be the encouraging voice they need, right? And be like it's you know it's okay to be nervous. Um like I've been nervous before. Um okay, well, what, what's one thing you can do to like give yourself a little more confidence? Like, how can you be more confident in the future? So like taking that approach for me, um, even when I'm talking to myself was like a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a, yeah, that one's real and deep and leads me to just how beautiful your work is. Again, such a, a dent in self-love and I think we don't realize that, well, I think we do realize. I think that when we are younger, when we are in middle school, high school, all those things, we're just abandoning so much of ourselves for belonging. Mm -hmm. And we get to a certain age and we find out that actually being ourselves is the winner. And then we have Mm -hmm. to go back and find out what that actually means. Mm -hmm. And I love that you just recognize moments of insecurity as just moments of insecurity versus I'm an insecure person you know um and yeah, just really, yeah 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 thank you so much you're welcome you're welcome that that's something that i think is also going to help so many people as well but why do you think that a book like keep it 100 which is a book that you wrote is so necessary and is so important and how does somebody tackle really getting through a hundred self-affirmations how does some what are some things that you think have worked because like I, we talked about in the beginning it's a commitment to love yourself it really is we think it's something that again has been marketed to us there's good quotes but the work is not done on instagram <laughs> it is not it's yeah. not done on social media let's not give it to instagram it's not done on social media yeah so offline what are some ways to really allow those affirmations to speak to us to heal us to to allow us to grow and to transform us um so the the question is how we can use affirmations like offline Mm -hmm. yeah I think um that's a great question actually and it's one that I've been kind of thinking about like I started off writing affirmations um probably in like 2017 2018 Mm -hmm. um and I've kind of gotten to a space where I feel like like affirmations are are almost the playbook but you could like you could like read whatever you want to read every day um but the important thing is like figuring out 
how to like use it to like shift your mindset, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I actually came to this conclusion when I was thinking about meditation. Cause you can like, if you meditate for like five minutes a day, right? And then you could you, you just kind of just go back to the person you always were, you know, you react to frustration in the same way, you know, you, you respond to insecurity in the same way. Um, the affirmations aren't doing as much for you as they can. But if you, if you look at affirmate, if you look at meditation and you, you start to think about how you can slow your breathing down when you're mad, um, mm. you think about how to redirect your thoughts when you're just out there in the world and, and going through it. And you might want to fight somebody in the moment, but you know, the actual thing you should do is just take a second mm -hmm. and breathe and redirect your thoughts. Like that is how like the practice can change your life. Um, and so in the okay. same way, yeah. And I think in the same way, I think with, my, with um, affirmations, you know, you can, you can say like, I am enough, like I am deserving of love and I will give that love to myself. Um, but the next time you like scroll your feed and maybe you follow somebody with a billion followers and a blue check um, and they just got paid, you know, your annual salary to go on some trip, you can be like, that's cool. I, I love that path for them. I love my path for me. Like I'm, I'm enough. And, you know, if I want to go more in a certain direction, I can do that. But, you know, like, again, like reminding yourself um, of the things that the affirmations are telling you, being able to right. take that. Yeah. Right. And reflect that back into your, um, your real life. Um, and it, like, it just, it, it feels like at its core, it's like a, a more kind way of dealing with and like narrating the story of yourself. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I also recognize the differences between how a woman might react to that and how a man might react to that just based mm -hmm. on societal gender norms, you sure. know, so many different things. And as a black man, I would love to know what conversations you're having with your friends right now, whether they are, are men or women, are they reacting differently? Are they interacting with self-love differently? what is the peeling back process slash the healing process? Or is it like, listen, I'll deal with that after I make my money. You know, which one? Is? <laughs> it could be a lot of things. It could be all of them. I'll say this. Um, I see women in general. There are a lot more women who either are like appreciative of or a part of like the affirmation space mm. than men. Um, like it's actually been really interesting to see um, almost like the lack of men um, in this space. What do you mean interesting? Do you mind breaking that down a little more? Um, you know, I think like, I, I think that... When something happens to your kitchen, you might say... This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I mean, I think that we all need affirmations, right? Like at a core level. Um, so from my vantage point, like I, I knew that I needed to like talk more nicely to myself and encourage myself on a basic level before I really knew what an affirmation was. Like my path to affirmations um, felt very natural 
and very much so a part of like my own life story. So if I wasn't like writing these and if nobody liked these, I would still be doing saying it. these things to myself, Yeah. whether it was a book or not. Um, so for me, it's almost, I am, I'm uncertain about why it seems as though like women are a bit more open to receiving affirmations. I know the world tends to, you know, put more pressure on women as far as physical appearance, um, the number of different things. Um, I'm sure you've seen all the different conversations, Kevin Samuels, that have been happening online. Um, yeah. As it pertains to sure. what women are supposed to be. Um, but you That's know, been I, a, that, it's interesting you brought him up because there's been so many, I've had a, a couple of different conversations about his, his perspective. I would say, uh, some women in my life have been like, you know what? The truth is I agree with him, whether he's harsh or not, whether his communication is not, I agree with him. Some women have been like, he's totally disgusting. I feel like he's out of control. And then men, you know, some men are that are close to me have been, haven't really given me their opinion. And I, I wonder mm-hmm. what it is, <laughs> but it's, yeah, I, it's funny you brought him up because I think I, I thought his perspective would be something that most people would agree like, no, this isn't, that's not how it should be said, but it's not really true. There's a couple different ways people have received it. Yeah. Um, you asked me for my take or? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause you have a face, like you have some more to say and I'd love to know. Huh? Mm, I mean, honestly, I don't think that I'm qualified to have takes on things like that with women. Like, to be honest, like mm, gotcha. I'm, I'm a husband, I got minds. I'm, I'm just a joke. <laughs> Um, like, you know, again, it's just like, what, what, I don't understand why I would be somebody who felt qualified to speak on women in that way. Sure, sure. You know, um, that, that feels like something I can just like, maybe learn about, but it's not, it's not my job to speak on that, you know? Mm, I feel that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, what would you call the chapter you're living in right now? Whew chapter I'm living in right now I would give it a general um you know shout out Jadakus we we gonna make it is the title of um yeah chapter of life right now like <laughs> when I tell you everything has changed in this past year um quit my job um moved to Richmond um diving deeper into being married and now we have our daughter coming. Um, so the, the the behind the scenes growth and conflict resolution and just na- life navigation that mm. my wife and I both just kind of had to like take on has been insane. Um, so I, I think just the, the the biggest thing has just been the belief that whatever is placed in our path, you know, we're going to pray through, we're going to navigate, we're going to find a way to push through, um, no matter how crazy it might be. Yeah, I love that. Do you mind leaving us with, if there's someone who's looking to continue in the practice of self-love and really, I don't want to say really own it, but in a sense, really take it to the next level where we're doing the boring things. That's a part of it too. We're doing the things that might be a little harder or don't get the most like or praise. What would you say um, just to give them encouragement to walk through that? Because I, I also believe that walking through the most authentic version of yourself means a lot of shedding as well. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's very painful mm-hmm. and people need a lot of encouragement during that time. Mm-hmm. Um. 
couple of things. I would say off top, if you have not gone to therapy, I think that everyone should go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, that is a part of self-love that is also like not always the fun part, but it helps mm-hmm. you to like to start to ask yourself the right questions and to interrogate a lot of the why behind the way you live your life. Um, so I say that would be important. Um, I think it's important to take time to just think about the person that you want to be. Um, and instead of like saying that you aspire to be that person, just say that you can already become that person. Like you can be that person now. Um, you know, I can, I can be friendly. I can be supportive. I can love on my family. I can take care. I can do all those things today. Um, I'm, I'm right now. I'm the sum of the habits that I'm feeding into right now. Um, you know, and the work that I've done to get here, but like, there's always so much more opportunity to continue to shape who you are. Um, So just, I guess, remind, remind yourself that, you know, you can control so much more of who you're becoming than you might give yourself credit for and kind of go from there. And you might give yourself credit for. I think that's very, very, very wise. I do think there's a part of us that feels like if we give it to somebody else, then we maybe even have someone to blame or we can mm-hmm. say that's why I went wrong. Mm-hmm. But to really trust ourselves, to love ourselves, and to know we actually have the control to become the person we want to be, mm-hmm. I think that's really, really amazing. Yeah, it's really I agree. amazing. I agree. Yeah. Um, anything that you want to share with us before we let you go? Any more projects that you want to? Make sure that we are aware of. Also, make sure you guys get keep one hundred. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, no, nah, nothing, nothing for now. Um, I, I appreciate you for a good conversation. For sure, great energy. Um, I'm excited to hear this this conversation drop. Um, in the meantime, I'll be busy at work. Um, at the Creative Summer on Instagram, um, thecreativesummer.com, working with our clients, and I'm at Mikael C. Clark on all social media. But yeah, that's that's really it for me. That's amazing. Well, I definitely want to send some love to you and your wife and to congratulate her on her last day at Harvard. That is incredible. <laughs> I love that you were able to document that and just really share that joy. That was really beautiful. Thank you so you're much. Welcome, just you're welcome. hearing her laugh and smile meant the win the world to me. So oh my really gosh. That was so good. I was like, this is, uh, this is joy people. And it's not the school, it's the person. It's how she accomplished something so beautiful and that you were next to her while she did that. That was awesome. Love, love, love that. All that, yep. What'd you think about the episode? You liked it, right? So you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, leave a review. And while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like, as long as you share it. Stay connected between episodes at humanyhumanseries.com where I will definitely be answering this episode's reflection question and come hang out with us on Instagram at humanhuman with Stacey Ike. And you can find me at one take Stace. Not one like the number one, one like the only one. I'm your host, Stacey Ike. And remember, we are not what we do. We are who we choose to be. So let's be curious. Let's be in community and let's stay connected. Love y'all. This episode was produced by Stacey Ike. Tracy Lincoln, audio engineer, Jarrell Jones, and special thanks to our guests and the entire team of Stacy Ike Inc. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs>